today on the Poker Guys WSOP Update Bonus Podcast. Grant makes day two of the Millionaire Maker and then busts. Jonathan goes late in day one of the Millionaire Maker and then busts. There's a cheating controversy. We get trolled and other cool stuff. Let's get into it right now on this podcast with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. No music, no, no music. Nope. Don't have music, no, no, no music. Yeah, we're on the road. We don't have all our cool tools with us. We just have our mics and the ability to record and upload. So, And uh, clearly, if it was not evident, we did not come up with a, an actual name for this podcast before we started because Jonathan was just fl- flailing in the wind <laughs> like it's the Poker Guys podcast. Live from World the WSOP Series. Poker Guys bonus podcast. What's, yeah, we're, what's we so are. weird about that? We are live from the WSOP. We are in Las Vegas. We are in a gigantic room in our Airbnb. Yes. Which has like one giant room and then a lot of little rooms. There's a giant room downstairs as well. Oh, okay. Well, it's not like this. Okay. Is. Okay. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> Visualize the room, people. <laughs> um, this, this room is so big that we were shooting our vlog earlier. We have a crew that shoots the vlog with us and they just kept some of their lights here and it's like you don't even see the lights. They're just like off in the corner somewhere. It's, it's in the misty distance. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't have a ton to talk about yet because we've only been here for four days. And yet, and yet, there's things enough have happened. I mean, we we do have enough to talk about. We to, absolutely do. Unfortunately, no giant wins. Just uh, the cliff notes so far are: Jonathan went one bullet on the millionaire maker and busted. Wasn't feeling well enough to fire another bullet. Yeah. I went two. I went two bullets and more than min cashed. I cashed for about thirty three hundred bucks. So. The profit was about three hundred bucks because I went two bullets. So, Pretty sweet. Know, not exactly exciting, but it's better than not having that thirty three hundred bucks. You of know, of course it is. Yeah, of course uh, it is. Disappointing always to make a day two and and not go deep. But I mean, it's always disappointing unless you finish really, really, really yeah, I high. There's, I mean, there's a really good feeling just to to playing on a day two though. It just feels yeah. good, you know. It's a when, nice feeling when you busted. Uh, I know you didn't have like lots of chips all the way through, but when yeah. you bust, I remember this is not necessarily a fair. Comp- uh, comparison, but how did it feel to bust this compared to busting fifth last year? Like in terms of how you felt emotionally, um, I think I felt a lot worse this time. You did because when I busted fifth last year, I made ninety one k, and I felt really, really good about that. So you felt really good even in the moment, like, yeah, right yeah. away. I mean, okay. I was I was pretty unhappy to bust, but at the yeah. same point, I was like, this is good. Yeah, it was. That this was is a good. significant amount of money. Yeah, you know, like thirty three hundred. Sweet, I profited three hundred. You know, like with. All of my expenses and everything, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to get a better clip than that going here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, I'm partially asking because last year when I busted the Millionaire Maker, and I went deeper, but so I finished whatever, like 106th or something. Yeah, I finished um, like 554th. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so like, I, I, and I won more money than you did this time in, right. this, in this event. But, um, but it like stayed, like I was down in the dumps for an hour like absolutely like don't want to talk to anyone just walking around the rio like aimlessly like don't know what to do with myself well that's different because i was in a scenario where like the big money really still felt very far away yeah and all the payouts were super flat and i was expecting to be like i was i was sitting today i was anywhere between i started the day with 35 blinds but most of the day i spent between 15 and and 30 blinds Mm -hmm. so it's just like i'm gonna get some high variance spots and you know hope it goes well because the payouts are so flat who cares if i take like a marginal spot here or there sure if if i can get a three bet through um so i wasn't really like in expectation mode yet whereas you were on day three which is like the second bagging that that adds a a layer of emotion no question and then you were up to the 8k payout which is nice but it feels like garbage when you know how close the big payouts are yeah those still felt far away to me so i think that's a big difference that's really fair i mean 
having gone through this event anyway is in a similar way. Like I wasn't thinking about winning a million dollars early on day two, but when I woke up for day three, I was absolutely thinking about winning a million dollars. You know, it was like, well, one of us is going to win and I'm in this pool now. So I can understand how the devastation would be different. Right. Um, And thinking about other times I busted like in the money and world series events, for example, like that was the worst one. I remember even though it was a really good cash. Yeah. There's, there's that moment and it's a nice moment to have, which I had in the event I did well on last year where, you know, you're kind of chugging along and then a pot occurs that you win and you're like, my chips are lots now. Yes, that feeling. This is a spot in the tournament where having lots of chips is really good. Wow, this is a serious thing now. Yeah. That's a great feeling. I know. Yeah. I know. I love that feeling. So um, let's let's talk a little bit more about the Millionaire Maker. Let's start with you. Let's talk about your bust-out hand because it's kind of funny. Yeah, I know. You love this. I mean, it's kind of funny. Okay, so... I am down to 16 blinds. I've been moved to a new table. It's uh, late in day one. There's, I think, less than 800 players left, and we're stopping at 450 or something like that. I think day one, A bagged something like 375. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay, because it was 15%, and there was over 3,000 people who entered in day one, A. I just so, know some of so the 300s. Was, oh, that's really strange. It wasn't 450, but whatever. Okay. Um, oh, maybe some of those entries were... No, it shouldn't... Anyway, who cares? And the point is, like, I was like, oh, I really might make day two. Yeah. Like, even though know, I got nine, 16 blinds, of course I may not. But, like, I have, this is like, I've been in this world. Like, I had been in between 16 and 30 blinds for, like, the way you were today for, like, the last three hours, the last three levels at that point. It was, like, pretty smooth sailing. It was yeah. fine. Obviously, you're looking to chip up, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. So, anyway, uh, I, I, this is literally the second hand I've been dealt at this table. So I got dealt under the gun, I folded, and here we are in the big blind with my 16 blinds. And under the gun plus one, who's wearing a big upswing poker patch uh opens he min raises or no min raises plus one so it's 300 600 he makes it 1300 and the button calls and i feel obligated to call with a lot of my range here even though i'm short yep and uh i'm probably not going to call some of the really junky parts of the range any Um, any two suited cards basically oh yeah any two suited cards anything relatively connected any ace of course i don't think i'm calling any king i don't think i'm like calling king three off yeah but i'm calling like king eight yeah stuff like that um anyway i had 10 eight off it felt like a mandatory call so I called, and uh, the flop came out. What was it? It was four, five, six with two diamonds, and I had the ten of diamonds in my hand. So I flopped the backdoor flush draw, the gutter, and two overs. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. I check, wanting to see what's going to happen. It's a reasonable spot. You could consider leading as well. Um, pretty high variance when you have sixteen blinds. Exactly. To start the hand. It's all pretty. It's all pretty high variance at this point, yeah. right? Um, but I check, and the plus one guy, the upswing poker guy, bets twelve hundred. So, so he actually down bets, even though there's three of us. So it's a tiny bet. The button folds, and I'm sitting there, and I, uh, I'm sort of like torn between all my options, honestly. I'm like, well, I hate to call off two blinds here. I hate to give up any chips here when I'm so short. At the same point, like there's something like 7,000 in the pot, and it's 1,200, and I've got lots of things. And a lot of the time, if I, if I call, he's going to check a lot of turns, because he doesn't really have anything, and that board looks good for me, and I can probably win on a lot of rivers anyway. This was my thought process at the time. So I decided to call, which uh, later on when I talked to uh, our friend Mitch about it especially, he felt, Mitch, who won the Monster Stack two years ago, he felt pretty strongly that that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake, too. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too, when I'm that short especially. Yeah. Like, if I'm, not, if I'm deeper, of course, calling's fine. Um, but, like, yeah, with, you have 14 blinds at that point, and you're going to have 12 or something like that, you probably have to... Uh, Move in. Move in is really the play there. 
Um, and if he has you, you still have some outs. Or fold, by the way. That's a, that is a thing you could do also. Yeah, I could fold. But honestly, like thinking more about it, he bets 1,200. He bets super small on that sort of wet board. It seems unlikely he's got a big pair, honestly. Yeah. Like I probably supposed to just raise and win it a lot right there. Um, you haven't gotten to the best part yet, though. I know. I'm I want to hear it. about the best part again. Okay, the best part's coming. So I decide to call, which we all agree is probably a mistake. Um, it's not the end of the world, but it's a mistake. Yeah. Okay. So the turn is an eight, so I make top pair. So I check with the intention of probably just trying to get it in now because I'm really short. <laughs> uh, he takes a while and thinks, and as he thinks, I look at the board and I realize something that's kind of key. I realized that it was the flop was not four five six with two diamonds. The flop was four five five with two diamonds. So I did not have a gut shot. You had a ten high. I would have folded for sure. Of course, it would have been the quick, quickest, easiest fold in the world. hundred percent, I would have folded. Um, and it's like, oh, huh. Well, I don't know if that's good or bad that I made that mistake. Because look, now I have top pair. Maybe I'm ahead now. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm going to win a pot. I never would have won. Yeah. Who can say? And, and the guy's going to look at you like, who is this idiot? <laughs> oh, I mean, whatever. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about that aspect. Like, well, Oh, there's so if, much so much. If this wasn't your bust out hand and you yeah. had one and it had been an all-in scenario and everybody at the table would be like, what the hell did he call with on the flop? I know. <laughs> no, I mean, been, it would have been amazing. That would have been incredible. Amazing, amazing possibilities where people would really range me incorrectly. Um, my calling ranges after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but sadly, that's not what happened. Instead, he actually moved me in. So he went from betting two blinds to like 12 or 13 blinds, which in terms of the pot size is just like a slight overbet of the pot. But it seemed weird to me. It didn't I was like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm just calling. Like, I made, I hit top pair. Like, I have 12 blinds. I'm never folding. That's it. Um, so I call. And he has the six, seven of clubs. The eight is the idea of the eight of clubs bringing a second club. So he makes the nuts straight on the turn and uh, with a redraw and... That's huge, actually. I guess what he thought was if I have a five, I'm calling. He wants to price out the diamond draws. What? How do you ever have a five, though? Like, you're going to play that more aggressively. I'm usually going to play that more aggressively. Uh, It's really hard. I mean, it's really hard for him to be beat. I think he's trying to price out the diamond draws. That's all I can think of, which is weird to do when you have the nuts straight with the redraw clubs. But because I had turned top pair, I've absolutely called. And I was like, oh, that's not good. I have four outs. Like, I can hit an eight. Or I can hit a five. And they did not, neither of those happened. <laughs> and I was out. And I was, as, I, as I called, I said, oh, hey, guess what, table? I misread the board. <laughs> and, and no one really seemed to have any sympathy for me, which is fair. Which and is that's fair. how uh, good old Johnny Levy lost $1,500. That was a pretty dumb way to go out. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Although, again, it would have been a pretty dumb way, but wonderful way to double up, which could have happened. Yeah, that would have been wonderful. If I had hit a 10 on the turn, he might have moved me in anyway, and I was going to call. You know, he would have all the... If it's 10 of clubs comes, he has all the draws. Yeah. Um, that said, I don't know. Like, it would have been funny if, um, like, a seven came and I thought I made the straight and I didn't. <laughs> that would be a really bad way to go out. Yeah, that would And been. he'll have top pair with the open-ender. He's never going to fold, so that could be... Anyway, none of those things happened. I just misread the board, called in a spot I wouldn't have, shouldn't have, and probably shouldn't have called anyway, quite frankly. Um I was also laughing with, with uh, Grant and Mitch about how he had a lot of chips. And my guess is he probably wasn't going to fold with overs and an open-ender on that flop to my relatively short stack. Mm-hmm. Um, once, he, once he bets the 1,200, he's probably going to call it, even though it's, he's not really priced into, but what do I really have anyway? I don't have any over pairs at all. Like, I just don't have right. sevens, eights, nines, tens. I just don't have that. Of course not. And uh, so I basically have trip fives or he's fine. But you have a lot of trip fives. I have a lot of trip fives, but... 
I also have diamonds. I also may have straight draws. I may have just weird random stuff. Diamonds aren't good for him. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, from a price point of view, you know, the sixes and sevens are usually good as well as his uh, straight draws. I mean, like, what's six, sevens actual equity against a hand like Jack 8 of Diamonds? Yeah, I don't know. It's not good. It's not great. You know, you're right. But I have a feeling he had so many chips, and I had so little chips, I have a feeling he's just not going to fold there. Is my guess. I think it would be a bad call, honestly. I think it would, but then it would have been really funny where I'd get snap called a lot, I think, by that guy, <laughs> and I'd turn over 10 high and be way ahead, you know, for yeah. a moment. And it would be funny and incredible. I'd be like, oh my God, like it can just run out ace ace and I can double up here, more than double up. This would be amazing. And then, of course, I would have missed it. But it, I would have felt much better about the way I busted, you know, than the way I did. Well, that's a good way to start the series. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't have felt great about the way I busted, actually, because I would have been like, oh, it was 4-5-5, and I moved in with (laughs) (laughs) 10-8. Whoops. (laughs) Anyway, at least I I tell myself, well, at least it was a $1,500 event, not the main event. Hey, you didn't didn't, uh, keep your money there. Uh, I did not keep my money there, no. It's weird that you say it that way. It's weird that I say it that way. Why do you say it that way? Because we have a new sponsor. What? It's Keeps. I'm I'm completely uh, thrown off right now. We have a new sponsor, and it's Keeps. What is Keeps? Well, Keeps is a hair loss prevention service, Jonathan. Oh, a service. I like uh, the sound of that. Yeah, basically. Do people come to your home? <laughs> no, well, people send things to your home. Oh, that's You don't have to enough. go anywhere. It gets sent to your home, and guess what? It's pretty cheap. It's two FDA-proven products to prevent hair loss, mm-hmm. and Keeps is giving it away for free for the first month. For our, for our listeners. Yeah, if you, if you go to uh, keeps.com slash poker. And yeah. sign up that way. It's free for the first month. And that's pretty sweet, right? That's crazy sweet, actually, Grant. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now, one thing I do know is, um, you, I think you mentioned these are FDA-approved hair loss products, yeah. which is pretty cool. And they're the generic version of medications that have been around for a while. They're just cheaper and easier to get, probably because of the miracle of the internet and you know, science yeah. and all that. It's only the 10 to 35 bucks a month after the first month, by the way. So if you, if you really are looking to keep your hair, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good deal. And it yeah. gets sent to your door. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to interact with anybody about it. You just get it. And it's easy. It's five minutes to sign up. That's pretty sweet. That is super sweet. Uh, you just go online and do it. It just keeps backslash poker, right? Yeah. To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash poker. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash poker. That's a free month of treatment. Keeps.com slash poker. Keeps. Hair today. Hair tomorrow. I mean, really, that's an incredible slogan. I know. I like it. That, whoever came up with that slogan. They better be paying them pretty well. Oh, I just, been, I just binged Mad Men. And uh, <laughs> yeah. like all the way through seven seasons, in wow. like two and a half weeks. Wow, you yeah. really, you really went through that. I mean, I was sick yesterday, so I watched like eight episodes yesterday while you were playing Day One B. And uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff. But the hair today, hair tomorrow, strong, <laughs> strong. I wish someone would come up with a poker guy slogan like that. Salty MMA. Just saying. Poker today, poker <laughs> tomorrow. That's good. Here, 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 poker. <laughs> all right, I don't know. Here, poker. Hair, poker. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, good no yeah. it's good it's a good it's a good idea thank you yeah so um, keeps dot keeps dot com you said we got trolled what's that about oh just you know like people <laughs> 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 like someone um someone trolled you on twitter as one of our one of our more trolly. consistent trolly twitter people most most people don't really stay but this guy follows us, and he's just a troll anyway. Like yeah. he trolls everyone. I've I've looked at some of his other stuff, but he's been trolling us for a few years. And you busted, and he says, "What did he say about about you?" Um, he said, "Not bad, but in the end, your nitty nature got you got to you, or something like that." <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that's great. By the way, I busted with the worst hand. 
Yeah. You know, not indicative of the nitty nature. Grant uh, re-raised all in with ace jack. Yeah. The button opened. It was a bluff. I had 18. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't exactly a bluff. The button opened. I had 18 blinds. I I shipped ace jack and the big blind woke up with queens. And somehow, somehow I didn't win. I mean, it's not a bluff. However, when you get called, you're never ahead, right? Never ahead, but I can be in okay shape sometimes. Of course. No, you can be in perfect. And, and maybe actually some people with really big stacks can call you where you are slightly ahead, right? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely have to ship there from the small blind. Yeah. Maybe even someone calls you with ace-10. Like The button might call you with ace-10. Yeah. I want to just be clear, Jonathan. You agree I absolutely have to ship the small blind. A hundred percent. You have to ship from the small blind. Of course. Oh, yeah. No, it's a value ship. But yeah. when you get called, you're usually screwed. <laughs> it's not ideal. <laughs> It's yeah. not a deal. Like, have chips, eights, have eights. Show the, me two eights. The structure is so good, and the chips are so valuable. To gain those, like, four blinds that are in the pot is a very valuable thing. No question. Yeah. No question. Um, uh, but I have, I have better stories than that. Oh, you well, know? let's hear a story. Yeah, I'm not going to really talk about hands that much because, honestly, I had mostly relatively standard hands. There were a couple times where I went for thin value, and it was kind of cool, but it's, like, it's not that great of a story. It's, like, yeah. I, I bet nines when an ace hit a river, pot size bet of nines on a seven eight three four board where i had bet the flop checked back the turn the ace comes on the river and i bet pop for value because i knew the guy didn't have an ace because he didn't lead the turn with with whatever like or lead the river with whatever ace mm-hmm. x because it went been, check check that right. could have been two pair like a seven or ace eight he was also a superhero call type of guy so that's my best story went for super thin value yeah and got it um but the real story as jonathan teased is the cheating scandal which yeah goes unresolved um, and now it's not confirmed cheating, but statist- it's cheating. Come on, statistically, it's very likely to be cheating. We can say it's cheating. <laughs> cheating happened at your table. Right. You were part of it. I, I mean, yeah, I was. You were a, involved. I was a suspect because everybody at the table was a suspect. Yeah. So here's the story. Um, now, for those of you who have played at the World Series of Poker, you know that unlike a lot of other tournament series, although most tournament series do. They have paper cards instead of using the plastic cards the casinos usually use for like the cash games that you're mm-hmm. playing and stuff. So they're flimsier, you know, and easier to, to cause problems to. And even last year, the World Series had a major problem with like extra flimsy cards where it would be like every orbit there was a marked card. Yeah. And there was kind of, it's just because people were touching it in a way that was the card didn't like. This year, the cards are fine. I mean, they still get marks on them inadvertently sometimes, but they're easier to mark for sure than, you know, a plastic casino card, right? Mm hmm. So it's sometimes an issue you bring up and, and sometimes players notice. And uh, one of the most typical types of marks is like a thumbnail mark or a fingernail mark that is usually about like uh, a centimeter in from one of the corners, like where people are peeling the card. And that's usually inadvertent. It's just because they're peeling too hard and their fingernail goes in there. But it's also a way you can effectively mark cards because you can catch the light with your eyes from across the table and see where the mark is. Yeah. So you can mark like the aces and the kings and know, know when people have those things. Um, so... A player at my table noticed, it was like level three or something, um, noticed that there was a marked card. He's like, dealer, I think there's a marked card. It, it was. It was the Ace of Hearts. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the floor came over, took the Ace of Hearts from, I believe it was the red deck, because they have a red deck and a black deck, came back with a red Ace of Hearts. We went back to the red deck. We had the same deck. Uh, about an orbit later... The dealer was like, this ace of spades is marked. Mm. And the ace of spades from the same deck was then marked. The floor came over. The floor said, okay, usually we think this is just inadvertent, but it's two aces, which could still be coincidence, but it's becoming less likely. If this happens again, we're going to have to take some measures. So about four hands later, I'm under the gun. 
my first card dealt, I can clearly see a mark in there. And I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be an ace. I just know it. I just know it's going to be an ace. I look at the hand. It's ace nine of clubs. It is the ace of clubs that is marked. Keep in mind, all of these are the different suited aces. The deck itself has not been replaced. The dealer is just replacing the individual cards. So all of the aces could have been marked before. It seems pretty clear this is cheating, right, Jonathan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seems very clear it's cheating. Right. Someone's marking all the aces. So this is where I do something that is uh, somewhat questionable, but it's a tough spot. I like, think I, I figured out a solution to this. Okay, yeah, I think, I think I could have handled it a little bit better, but I said, uh, I folded and I said, I have bad news, guys, and like th- there's a mark on this card, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it basically tells everybody that an ace is being folded, which is not cool, but I... Yeah. In the moment, I was like, "This is the best way to make sure that I'm not implicated." That's. I mean, that's this. better. Yeah. That's better than doing something that could you get you implicated. I think the move, having thought about this a lot now, because we talked about this, like, what do you do if you have a good hand? Well, I guess you hide the ace. Yeah, if like, I pocket aces, other, Yeah, you like, hide you hide the marked one under the other one and play the hand, right? Um, and but when you when you're folding, now this is a problem. I think what you're supposed to do is see the marked card. If you see it before you even look, to actually not look at your hand and say, "So let me just ask what the procedure is here." If I were to see an ace, or if any of us were to see an ace and it's marked, what are we supposed to do? We're we supposed to say something right then. Should we wait till the hand is over? How does this work? That's that would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. So then the dealer says, and then whatever the dealer says, then you do that, and it's not on you. Right. And then if they, then the dealer's like saying, mess with the integrity of the game, or don't, or then you fold it, and it turns out it was marked, but then the dealer said to wait till after the hand was right. over. Right. Um, that being said, I don't believe what I did was egregious, and no. I think it was uh, like it was more prudent than doing nothing. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because clearly there's a cheater at this table, right? Like, it seems pretty obvious. Oh, there's a cheater. Yeah. So, okay. Now it's now we're, like, in, in trouble with the floor who's talking to us like we're, like, a, a, a second-grade soccer team that's been, like, misbehaving. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say at the point that he reinstated normal rules, which I'll tell you what the rules he had to instate were, he, he said again, he used the phrase, against my better judgment. I don't think I've been spoken to that like since I was like 12, you know, I guess my better judgment, I'm going to let you go play with Johnny, but that kid's no good, you right. know, like that type of thing. So um, this is essentially how it concluded. The, the ruling was now every hand that was going to go super slow because every hand, we got two new decks, completely fresh decks. So everything was fresh. Every hand that was pitched in from a player to the dealer, the dealer had to closely inspect each card before the next player could muck their hand. Right. And, in that way, we could see if anybody was inadvertently marking the cards. Who And if you inadvertently mark the cards at the table, you actually get a penalty anyway, just because it's been so bad. It's like right. trying to make sure nobody does it. Right. Um, so every hand gets inspected. It probably makes it twice as slow, if not more slow, because we had a pretty good dealer. If it was a bad dealer, it would have made it way more slow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you, for the hour or so that that was going on, <laughs> it was the most paranoid I've ever been about how I looked at my cards. I was like, I cannot mark these cards. Like, I can't have the World Series of Poker Organization thinking that I am a guy who marks cards. Like, yeah. It's, so, you, I mean, I didn't think I was going to. I don't think I ever have in the past. I don't even really have fingernails, but I was just, like, super sure. super paranoid about it. So I was, like, not even bending the cards. I was, like, kind of turning them sideways, like, you know, extremely amateur style, just trying to block them as best I could. It's um, crazy. Eventually, uh, a guy who ends up busting in this hand before his hand is tabled somebody's like the corner of that card is completely mangled and it was a completely new deck right. again because there had been the one of the new decks had had like factory defects with smudges so it was a hundred percent new deck it was the first hand and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the corner of the card was, was turned up but yeah. that's not the mo 
That's, and also, it's, it's not also a, too obvious. It's also not an effective me- method yeah. of marking. Like that's yeah. going to go away. So, the, but it was like turned up in a way that wouldn't wouldn't be fixable, basically. So that guy ended up busting with kings against ace queen in that hand, and for some reason, the floor kind of concluded that's the, their guy. Like nobody said, nobody from the floor said we found our culprit, but the floor guy stayed and until the guy left and then walked him to a place like they were having a talk with the guy as if he were the guy yeah this guy was like a clear amateur first of all and was not the guy like yeah. the guy wouldn't do that so like, the culprit the okay. culprit effect- effectively escaped right yeah it's like almost for sure for sure like yeah. the clear amateurs are never the guys who are doing it right, right. because they don't even know what's going on a lot of the time they you know they can't follow the action let alone mark the cards without yeah. anyone seeing like they just don't have that ability you know right so, I mean, unless he's the greatest actor of all time, which is unlikely. Yeah, it feels like you just hear stories about this stuff, but it's real. You know, people do this stuff. Yeah. And one because of this type of thing, one thing that I do, ever since I first kind of started thinking more about how people try to angle and cheat in games like this, is the way I, my, my like table posture when I have a hand is to have my left hand almost entirely obscuring my cards. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like a little bit better by, by doing yeah. it that way, you know? I never do that. I, I, there's been times in the past when I've done it, but I guess I feel like with this story, it makes me feel like I guess I just have to do that too, yeah. which, which sort of sucks, honestly, but okay. Yeah. So be it. It's just too bad that poker is a world where this type of shady stuff goes on, you know? Yeah. It's no fun. Yep. No fun at all. But this is the world we choose to live in, you know? We, we're inhabiting it for some reason. I don't, I don't really get... You know, when I first told my grandparents way back in the day, they were still alive. That's how long ago it was, Grant. Oh, my goodness. You didn't tell them when they were dead? No, I waited until they were alive. Um, oh, wow. What kind of a time loop are we in here? You know, Matthew ever, McConaughey in the corner over there? You ever seen Mr. Nobody with Jared Leto? It's like I, that. Yeah, it's not part of it. It's, well, the ending. If you saw the ending, you would understand. So, um, But my grandmother was really upset when I first told her I was like going to the World Series to play poker back in, like, whatever, 2006, 2007, whatever, because... In their mind, it was all gamblers and scammers and swindlers and all that. It you is know? a little bit of that. Yeah, and like gangsters and, you know. And I was like, no, 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 it's corporate now. It's like, you know. But the fact is, there is some of this. And we know that, like, Leon Shukernik walks around owing all these people millions of dollars and doesn't pay them. And oh, yeah. there's. I mean, there's a shady underbelly to poker for sure. I mean, yeah. there's the stuff like I'm talking about, the obvious card marking cheating type stuff. There's, like, setting setting up decks and home games type stuff, which we have heard extensive stories about absolutely there's like borrowing money from a friend and never paying well them back. that that happens in every poker circle i'm yeah. sure some of our listeners are people who have done that to other people of course, i'm sure there are and if you're one of those people don't lie to yourself pay them back it's not cool man yeah and it's they, really not cool it's really not cool yeah um yeah it just sucks it sucks and so like there's very few people you can really comfortably trust in the game and really like a good policy in poker for all you guys out there is don't lend anybody money who isn't basically someone who you'd like you know give your child to you know like they have to be someone you trust deeply because yeah you're just often not going to see that money again right like, and there's I, a lot of people who are very good at talking and making you feel very friendly and being like hey can i grab 100 bucks i left my wallet right. somewhere or whatever the yeah. answer is no yeah and then actually i've come to like i actually was dating um, someone, well, I, I mean, dating's maybe not exactly right. I had a fling with, with someone and she, uh, this is a while back now, but I was like at Borgata for a week and she, and like day three of the fling, she asked me for $2,000 cause she was like down. And I was like, this is awkward, 
but I told her like I have a policy against lending money. Yeah. And she was cool with it and it was fine and it didn't like affect anything. I was sure I was never going to see her again, but that was like I guess so be it. Like I'm not going to give her $2000 so she'll stay. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that uh, seems like that was the right choice. Yeah, and it was fine. Um but yeah, like don't lend people money. Just don't do it unless they're someone you would normally lend that much money to just in regular life and not think a thing of it. Otherwise, yep. you're just it's way too high percentage of the time you're not going to get it back. Yep. Way, way, way too high. Yeah. I'm still salty about that $40 I lent. That oh, yeah. Way back Johnny, Johnny Boy lost $40 on a bad lend one time. Yeah. And I'm still upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, quick quick note here. Yeah. Um, chronologically, these podcasts might be a bit confusing because yeah. we, we recorded almost all of our breakdowns right. before we came here to Vegas. So this is being recorded on the 11th of June. And so you're probably listening to it on the 12th of June if yeah, you're listening or, to it the day it came out. Yeah. Um, whereas all of our other breakdowns were recorded, at, you know, before we got here to Las Vegas. So if there's any sort of chronological mentions, it's not exactly in line with whatever we're saying here. Agreed. Let's yeah. talk about a hand. Let's break down a hand that I did that okay. I played um, in the in the Millionaire Maker. Uh, so I am down to like 19 blinds. This is earlier on in the day. And it folds to the button. I'm in the big blind. Folds to the button. Who min raises to f- to a thousand? So it's two fifty five hundred. Um, so I guess it's level eight, right? Okay. It's the last level before the uh, the 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 rebuy period is over, reentry period is over. And uh, so he makes it a thousand. The small blind folds, and I'm in the big blind. I've been three betting, shoving on this guy a lot. It's worked every time, except the one time he had ace king, and I got lucky and won. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm planning on shoving a lot of hands and stuff like that, you know. I looked down at King-10 off, and for some reason, I decided not to shove that time. And I, part of it is, like, I know I'm going to call sometimes, too, and I want to have, like, protect my calling range a little bit. I don't know if this is really a good play. I think, like, look, thinking about it more, probably I should just always be shoving that rather than calling with it sometimes. If it's an active opener. Oh, it's, he's very active, yeah. for sure. No, he's super wide. Um, but I decide to call because it's like it's 500. Like, oh, my God. Like, I've got a reasonable hand to actually see a flop with, and it's 500. Like, it's okay. Yeah. You know? So I decided to do it this time. Um, I think probably I should just shove that one, too. But whatever. Let's, but as played, here we are. The flop comes. So I've got king 10. Both black off suit. Jack 10-7. A rainbow. I check, of course. He bets 1,000 again. It's an easy call. Super straightforward call, I call. Uh, I feel very good about this spot. I think I'm almost always ahead, like just because he opens so wide. Yeah. Right. So I feel really good. Right. Turn is like the three of diamonds. I check. He goes all in. That's a big bet. Yeah. It's super weird. He bets like 9,000 suddenly. And I have no idea what is going on or what to do. He is not, I've been playing with him for a little while. He has not done anything like this before with anybody. 9,000 into how much? Into like. 4,500, maybe 5,000? 2x pot. Yeah. So I go back and forth. I'm sitting there for, I take like a good minute and a half, two minutes, like trying to decide what to do. And I keep, the only question I'm trying to answer is why would you bet so much? Right. Like, what is the point of betting so much here? And it feels like he's just trying to get me to fold, right? So I'm like leaning strongly to call. And then I think more about it. I'm like, you know, it is sort of a wet ish board. And maybe he's just, you know, maybe he's, maybe he knows he's, uh, Seen as really wide, and it looks like I have one pair almost always here, and he's just trying to get called by the one pair. I don't know what's going on. You either have one pair of the nuts, pretty much. Him or me? You. Oh, me, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I have, I have eight, nine, and I have 
like a jack or a ten. Yeah. I guess or any one pair of hand, yeah. actually. Or seven, eight, seven, nine are definitely yeah. in there. Oh yeah, I have all the sev- I have all those things. Yeah. Um, so I was 100% planning on calling any normal turn bet, even though he might have moved me in on the river and I might have felt obligated to call that. I don't know. I would have had to figure that out on the river. Um, but I didn't know what to do. What do you think? Like, let's, let's get into it a little bit. All right. Let's start with distribution. Okay. Do you never have ace jack? Never have ace jack. I never have. You have king jack. I guess I have king jack since I can show up with king 10. Yeah. And okay. you probably check call king jack on the flop too. Yeah, I would too, yeah. and I would. And I feel. I think I would feel obligated to call that shove. All right, so you that's have, like the best. All right, so there's there's a, a solid twelve combos that are ahead of you right now in your distribution. I guess I can have Jack ten sometimes since I had King ten, right? Would you not check raise? Oh, I probably would check raise. I guess. All right, so let's not think about that. Okay, you probably just call eight nine a lot of the time. I think so. So let's give you like half the combos of eight nine because uh, you're probably going to raise some of them. Okay. Mostly I'm going to call with those because I know he's super wide. Yeah. All uh, right. So we'll give you, give you 12 then. Okay. So we're up to 24 combos of better hands. I never have ace 10. Never have ace 10. I can have other jacks, by the way. Yeah, queen jack. It's at least possible. I can have queen jack. I can have a lot of this, all the suited jacks all the way down. Okay. So then you have a lot of combos there. Yeah. So I have a lot of jacks. That, that makes you a lot lower in your distribution because you don't have as many sevens as you have jacks. No. I have... I have most of the tens too. If I have most of the, I have like almost all the same amount of tens and jacks. Right? What are you doing with like seven four suited when he bets the flop? Are you calling or folding? That's a really good question. For a thousand, I'm probably calling. Yeah, Just the only reason to fold would be the stack preservation nature of the tournament. Right. Yeah, but I would think like this guy's wide. I just can't fold. All right, right I there. think you're pretty low in your distribution, and it is a fold. Okay. Be- based on distribution alone. Yeah, I mean that's a good start, especially it's... when it's a two x pop bet. Right. Right. Super weird spot, man. I mean, the more I think about it, it's like it just feels like he just has a draw so often there. Like, doesn't he just bet turn diamonds and now he's got backdoor diamonds like yeah, maybe coming in. You could have like King Queen of Diamonds. King Eight of Diamonds. Yeah. Know? Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he could have like Ace Jack and just be like going for it to yeah. like pay me. You yeah. Know? Or a set. Yeah. He could say, I'm gonna make this kid this kid called, he's got something. Let's see if he wants to hero. He didn't say kid. Okay, fine. Not, now that you stopped dyeing your hair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a weird spot. So I did, I did ultimately fold and really wasn't sure about it. I think over time that's the right fold. Yeah, I mean, the 2x pot bet, that's, I mean, that's what did it. And I was just like, I guess I need to see him do that a few times before I feel comfortable. I feel like, I feel like it's a clear call. Like, if I've seen him do that a lot, it's a clear call. Yeah. But it sort of sucked because I thought, like, on the flop when I called 1,000, I'm like, I always have the best. I got the best hand so crazy much right now, you know? Like yeah. an insane amount. So, I don't know. It was a weird spot. Yeah. I think it's a good fold. Yeah. It's the kind of thing I would do to somebody if I thought, you know, like, oh, they're, I can put their tournament life on the line and I've got, you know, any kind of draw here. Right. I would just move them in and be like, you deal with it, buddy. Like, good luck. Yeah. Figure it out. No, I hear that. That's the thing. And, like, I probably wouldn't do that if I had, like, an overpair or ace jack. I probably wouldn't move them in. But that guy might be different than you. That is true. That's one of my... That is one of the... Problems with playing poker is it's hard to like think the way other people think, not the way you think. Obviously, right. it's doable, but especially people you don't know. Yeah. It's easy to think like they see things the way you see them. And of course, that's often not true. Yep. Well, I think it's a fine fold. Okay. Yeah. Mitch, Mitch thought it was fine, too. Mm. It's fine. I mean, I, it would be an easy fold if it, was, if it was an old guy, you know, if he was like a tight old guy who's always got it. You know? Right. But the... The young kid who's open, who's super wide and opening constantly. It feels like it's less clear. 
I think it's a fold. Yeah. Okay. Good. You got anything else to talk about? Um, I don't think so. There was like a lot of uh, terrible dealing at the uh, World Series. Of well, Poker. that's always the case because they have to they have to bring in so many dealers for the Millionaire Maker, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was very noticeable how bad the dealers were. Oh, I didn't actually have that experience. I had multiple just, bad it's dealers. It's kind of luck of the draw. Like so many bad dealers who made so many mistakes, like crazy big mistakes. I've had that in the past, but that wasn't my experience for this tournament. Just on day one, and I only played nine levels, I saw the pot awarded to the wrong person, I think, at least two times, which That's is not good. crazy. I saw the pot awarded to someone when no one had won the pot. <laughs> <laughs> as well you know what what really grinds my gears jonathan tell me when i'm at a table and the dealer is constantly doing the math wrong for like mm. for like anti-returns even when they're making change on antis or, or like uh making chip change for calls and stuff and you have to be on that yeah and make sure it's okay because that just removes like some of your mental facility for poker Here's another dealing with that. Well, you know? Just another pro tip in general. If you feel like you have a bad dealer, when you double through someone, you better make sure you count your chips and you count the chips that are. Oh yeah, what I do, what I do in those up all the time. What I do in those scenarios is I separate my chips and like keep them like behind my hand before mm-hmm. the dealer pushes me the pot, and and ask them to keep the other player's stack separate from the main pot. Like right. can you push me the main pot first, and then the other player's stack. I feel like dealers are pretty good about not combining the two things, but even just like getting the counts right. Like, they have to count your stack correctly. They have to count the other player's stack correctly. And a lot of these dealers are making really basic math mistakes. Not all of them, of course. Some of them are good. Oh, but there's a, like lot of, a shocking amount of them are making big mistakes. That's, it's, it's the same as the players at the World Series of Poker, actually, I would say. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of really bad ones, but the top ones are amazing. Absolutely. As far as the dealing is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're so good. Yeah. It's crazy. There was this guy who dealt to me last year who was by far the fastest dealer I've ever seen. I have no idea how he did it. It was like... The hand was dealt in two seconds to everybody. It was insane. It felt like it, unreal. It doesn't seem like you'd really be in two seconds, and, I got to tell you. Well, I, he, it really felt like it. Yeah. It really did. And it seems like he was well-recognized because I saw him walking around as a floor guy. Like, oh. they, they promoted him to a floor guy this year. Good for him. So good for him. Here was an interesting thing that happened. So we had a good dealer. Actually, Brittany, who, um, who, deals, who dealt once on uh, Poker Time. She's was, dealt many times on Poker no, Time. No, no, no. Different Brittany. Oh, different, different the Brittany. The other Brittany. Um, so she dealt. She came to my millionaire maker table and dealt for an hour. And so, for, at one point, I said, "It's just so nice to have someone who's good at dealing." And the whole table's like, "Yes," because <laughs> she's good. Yeah. And um, and as I said that, there was the hand literally just before that she had dealt, and um, and she realized in the middle of the hand that there was a hundred chip in the well. Really? And she didn't know how it had gotten there. And so she, as the hand was going on, I didn't know why she was doing this. She was counting the whole pot and counting the whole thing up just as the hand was going on and realized it didn't belong to the pot. She didn't think. So she didn't know how it got there. So the hand finishes and she immediately like tells the player who's being awarded the pot that everything's in the pot is correct. She's like communicates it really well, says that the, this chip is in her, well, she doesn't know how it got there. She's unclear on it. She calls the floor over. She explains it really clearly. The, a different player says he thinks it's seat ones because he had won the, the one before. Brittany says she's pretty sure it's seat ones too, but she's not 100% sure. The table all agrees it's probably seat ones. Seat one gets it. But like, even so, even when a mistake happens, she handles it like fast and clearly and like, like just with a professionalism. Yeah. It's like, and, and you be, feel like you're being taken care of. And to be clear, there are a lot of dealers of the World Series of Poker who are, who are that yes. good. Who yes. are that good and like elite dealers in the world, essentially. No question. Uh, but, you know, they're, you know, the bottom level of the dealers here is just by the nature of how huge this event is and how they have to drag in as many dealers as they can 
they just can't make them all good. It's yeah. just not how it is. And I think a lot of them are nervous. Yeah. And I think once they make a mistake and the table like gets on them even a little bit for it, sometimes not even in a mean way, then they like put more pressure on themselves. I've seen dealers like compound mistakes really right. badly yeah. where they just cannot get it together and it's, they're clearly in their own head, you know? Yep. And it sucks. It sucks as a player to like have to be like, no, you keep saying no and stop and stuff like that as they bring you out another turn card before it's time or where the pot to the wrong person again or whatever it is, you know, yeah. make the, do the math wrong again. But yeah, I guess when you have 7,000 people playing all at once, you're going to, it's hard to have whatever it is, you know, 800 good dealers. Yeah. It's very just, difficult. You just can't to do, do that. it. Let's talk a little bit about poker guys content that we got okay. coming out. So cool. we got a normal schedule still. Don't worry. You'll be satiated. Nice. Um, we will have some more podcasts of this nature that are updates from Vegas. That'll be coming later in the month. Those will be fun, I'm sure. Hopefully, by that time, we will have won a lot of money. You know that? <laughs> yes. Because we, we're going to play a bunch of stuff between now and then. Lots of tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be good. Um, we also have our World Series of Poker vlog, which is probably coming out today if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, June right. 12th. Um, in which we go into some of the same stuff we talked about today, but also some other stuff. And it's going to be, it's shot by professionals. It's like kind of cool. Yeah, you so, get to see what it's really like to be there. You get to see Grant playing on day two a little bit and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so so be sure to check that out. And um, yeah, I guess that's about it. That's about it. We're hoping to have some guests along the way on our vlog as well. We'll see, yep. if, we, see if we rain anybody Maybe on in. the podcast too. We know, oh yeah, that's we, right. We know. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully both. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. All right.